Hello and welcome to Soccer Speakeasy, or the Soccer Speakeasy, if you prefer an article in there. The studio's buzzing today. Uh, the Podfather is in a tizzy over something, and uh, he's in a minor rampage. Uh, but yet, he is a pro, and we will get through this. There won't be a hitch uh, if you leave uh, my performance aside. I am Mike A. Race, and I'm here with our fine crew beat writer, Bailey Johnson, and the striker, Kyle Robertson. Thanks for joining us. It's our week post-week two edition, I guess you'd say. Week one, the uh, the crew lost at Philadelphia 4-1. to one. Good first half. Philadelphia, awesome. Week two, uh, the crew posted their first victory in Wilfred Nancy, the new coach's home debut in the new crew stadium. Two to nothing over DC United. Played all in all pretty well. Bales, you want to you want to start and, and, and give us your happy recap? Yeah, absolutely. A post week two, pre week three, however you want to look at it. Like you said, beat DC two nothing. Both goals from Lucas Zellerion doing Lucas Zellerion things. He scored the first one in the tenth minute. A nice emphatic start to the game. The crew had had the majority of the possession up till that point, and then things got a little bit interesting yeah. from there. They it never felt like they were out of control of the game, but they weren't in control of the ball. They DC had I want to say it was almost sixty percent of the possession in the first half, and it evened out to closer to fifty fifty in the second half. Um, and Wilfried Nancy, who is not the kind like he's happy, was happy they won, but he is the kind of coach who feels more strongly about how his team plays than the end result. Was not super happy. He was happy with the win. He was excited to have won in front of his home crowd for the first time. He said wonderful things about the fans and the tifo that they did and all of those things. But he also said. I don't like that DC had the ball that much. I don't like the way we were playing with the ball. He thought they were rushing and not taking the moments when they were available to slow down and look for a better passing lane. They were just rushing to get the ball up the field, which often led to DC picking off those passes and attacking the other way. Do you think that was because everything's just new at the moment still to them? A little bit. It was newness. It was a little bit of, um, well, if we talked about emotional control, it was a little, they had the crowd behind them and that is very beneficial, but also can lead to them feeling like, oh my gosh, we have to go up the field. Like they're really absorbing the atmosphere. So while the 10th minute goal was super exciting yep. for everyone who was there, I think it kind of tied into exactly what Wilfried was concerned about in a home debut of not managing the moment as well as he would have liked and staying a little more within themselves. He's really all about composure and, you know, knowing when you have time, knowing when you don't have time. And they kind of, I felt got a little bit wrapped up in the excitement and the joyous emotion of, you know, going forward and attacking and, DC was picking, and like you said, it's all still new, and they're figuring out those moments when they can wait a little longer. Two wonderful setups. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, one. great finishes, but great finishes. Wonderful... The first one, the first one was Cucho yeah. Hernandez uh, playing out on the left wing, which he did a lot. He really pulled out wide quite a bit, which he likes to do, which is interesting because um, Wilfried kind of wants him to be a little bit more of a classic number nine and play more in the box and not out on the wings as much. And he has kind of just roamed all over yep. the field as he likes to do. It's worked out well so far. Sets up Lucas for the first one. It was kind of the two of them on a little give and go. And then Cucho passed it into Lucas, who spun off the yep. shoulder of a center back. and Used the muscle, too. Kind of yeah. pushed the guy a little, little bit. Little yeah. spin, little push. Um, as Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney afterwards said, I'm sure from the Columbus perspective, they'll think those were two nice goals. But for us, they were way too easy. <laughs> um, and then the second one set up by Alex Maton, who Maton. I wrote about on Wednesday. That story published Wednesday morning. Um Running in on the yeah. off the right wing, dropped the ball to Lucas at the edge of the box. Just and Lucas, slipped it, slipped it through there. That was sweet. Yeah, yeah it was sweet. Mo Farsi was making a good run off the ball to drag the defender with him, and then they didn't see Lucas coming. Yeah, those are those were very watchable. Could have had another one too, Carl. Um, your comments on 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 the game uh, Saturday. Um, you know, the the back line now they have they play three and back um, deserves some credit because things were breaking down in front of them. 
And and, and uh, Eloy was back. Eloy was back. Um, apparently, he's paid his speeding tickets. Uh, but they came away with a clean sheet, and they had one. They had a, a beast of a forward to deal with uh, with DC, and and that DC team plays kind of in Wayne Rooney's image. They're they're relentless and tough. Yeah, no, I think they did a really good job, and and you know, I I still think you know my take is that I still think they need to get Cucho involved more in the attack. Um, you know, I, I still think like, like you said that he's kind of moving more swords out to the, like the left, which is opening up the space in the middle, but he's so good, uh, last year on those crosses coming in and getting into the box. And, you know, even, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he can still get, you know, he's great at reading the right, box yeah, and finding, right, right, his, right, finding yeah, the right. space, but you know? again, space and he can battle with those again, center backs. Cause yeah. even though he's not that big, he's really solid yeah. on his feet and all of that, but it's, it's still like, like they're not getting yeah. in, getting the cross. I mean, you know. In, it's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of finding the balance right now between the freedom that Wilfried right. gives them to sort of play where they want to and read the play and having someone like Kucho who's attacking the box because there have definitely been several moments where someone does a pretty nice cross into the box, has a good service, and then there's nobody there making the run in, and that's usually obviously where you want the striker to be. So they're very much still working through that, and it will be interesting to see. I thought Kucho was more involved Saturday than he was right. in Philadelphia. He really, after the first 15 minutes, right. barely touched the ball in Philly. I think he had the fewest touches among any of their starters. Um, so definitely get, was got, got more involved Saturday, but there's but, definitely But more to finish off with Mike, the, you know, the back three, you know, that, you know, I thought they played really well for the second game, kind of playing, playing together. Yeah, it was interesting to see how they, they definitely looked a lot more cohesive than they did in Philly. Um, it was interesting that DC very much identified Phil Quinton as a weak link in that back line. They attacked. Well, uh, <laughs> well I mean, interesting in the sense that, you know, it, it didn't take them long to figure that one out. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody yeah. that they thought he was someone to attack, but I actually thought he handled himself much better than he did in Philly. There was a clear growth from week one to week two. And even though they were attacking that side of the defense a lot, they, he was handling it well and they didn't really get a lot through. So that left to right was uh, Quinton. Dagonek and Marrera. Yeah, Marrera was staying. Yeah. Marrera stayed home a little more yeah. than he did in Philly. He was really up the pitch, really um, almost overlapping with Mo Farsi in that wing back role. He stayed a little more composed and a little more compact um, Saturday. And Mo Farsi, I thought, had a really good game so on the right side. It was uh, Yeboah and Farsi that started yeah. at wing back. Kyle, uh, what, what did you think of? Well, I still think they're lacking those, you know, the traditional the crosses that we saw, you know, from last year. Um, you know. I, you know, we, we talked many, many, many times <laughs> over the years, you know, the last couple of years about how like entirely wings, different formation. Well, I, you, right, in terms of I know, in a right, different way right, of playing. They don't right. have those wingers who are going to provide yeah, that let's service. Just, let's but, just but jump you, all over. I know, but you, but you still have a guy who, who excels when you get in those ball, you know, when he can make those runs and especially, you know, the volleys and the headers and the, you know, so I think, I still think that is still coming. Um, but I mean, but I like that him moving out to the left, creating the inside for the middle for the two, Zellerion and Matan to kind of like do their magic. But I still think, I mean, you still want to get him involved. I mean, you know, yeah, two I games think, in. Yeah, you I, know. Think, I think they're trying to build a little more through the middle. Right. And when they are able to have more of the possession, right. unlike they did against DC, they'll be playing with a much higher line, which creates a lot more opportunities for Kucho to right. make those runs in behind, whether it's accepting service from the wings or not. Right. So like you said, lots to go. But for a guy saying he wants to win the golden boot, He's not. He's definitely. Not a, yeah. He's really frustrated that he hasn't scored yet. You can yeah. see it on him. He almost uh, scored with a actually a really phenomenal right. ball in from Mo Farsi right there at the end of the first half. Um, he did a diving header that Tyler Miller saved. So he does have the assist to Lucas, but you can tell it's uh, chafing at him so far that he has not scored a goal. Yeah, that was one thing I I take note of. They they had a two nothing lead at uh, uh, at the half. They managed it. Yeah. And although um, 
you know, from like the goal at, at, in the 10th minute to, um, you know, st- straight through the 40th minute, um, th- they really didn't have the ball much. Uh, and yet um, you can see how they can convert, um, transition and be dangerous as, as evidenced by, you know, Zella Ryan scores in the 44th. Um, they, they have some quick strike ability, um, it, it seems. And I think the first half is testament to that. Um, and, and, and again, uh, Bailey mentioned uh, they had another good crack at it after, after the Zell Ryan goal. Was that after? Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the diving header was after, I think it was like right into the oh, half. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, in yeah. stoppage yeah. time. It was, yeah. Right into the half. They had that. And then they didn't really create a ton in the second half. There was a moment yeah. in a classic Lucas Zell Ryan fashion. It was the 86th minute and he gets the ball just over the halfway line, looks up and sees the DC goalie right. out of the net. And in a split uh, yeah. second decided <laughs> he was going to try to chip him for the hat yeah. trick. It was, he, it was way too strong. It was never going in, well, but it's one of those a, moments yeah. where you see the, just the confidence. He has. Well, then wasn't like, also there, there's a free kick. Too oh, there was. There was. Oh, no, that was. Kucha that was really right? interesting because yeah, yeah. they really. Yeah. What, taking it live, when I watched it live, I didn't notice how much deception they yeah. put on it as far as which one of them was going to take it. But when you watch it back, they were very much being very kind of sneaky about which one of them was going to take it. They had both Lucas and Cucho yeah. lined up as if they were going to make the run in, and then it was Cucho actually who took it. Which, yeah, I mean, surprising. it's not the first time he's taken a free no. kick for this team, surely, but it almost feels like it because it's so often the Lucas role, and it was right yeah. there at the top of the box, which is exactly Lucas's territory. Yeah, it was a cracker. Yeah, it was it missed, missed wide <laughs> by just a few feet. Just wide, yes. Um, so yes, two to nothing. Um, coming up, so. Take us through what the formation, the three four two one looked like uh, on Saturday. We mentioned a little bit of it, Bailey, just, but just yeah. For, so it was uh, very, refresher. it was very similar to what they had in Philly, um, with Quentin Degenek and Marrera as the back three. They did have Aloy Room back in goal after you know coming back from getting his green card and having a full week of training. Like you mentioned, it was Yaboa and Farsi as the wing backs. Same in the middle of the park with Darlington Nagby and Aiden Morris. That will be on a constant repeat this year. Um, and then it was the same. Attacking three with Alex Maton, Lucas Elrion, and Cucho up front. And and Diaz was well enough to come off the bench for your ball. Right? Yeah, Diaz has not been injured. Diaz has been fine. Um, he came in also in Philadelphia. Um, it was Will Sands that Yaboa was starting over. He has a back spasm, which I believe to be why he came out at the half in Philadelphia. I have not gotten like a specific ex- reasoning on that, but I believe that's why. Um, and Will will be out again for Saturday as well. Wilfried mentioned that this morning. Any other injury updates? Uh, no, Christian Ramirez is still working his way back from the foot injury. Wilfried described it as weird last week, which is always a word you want to hear thrown around about a foot injury. Um, he's working his way back. It was supposed to be only like two or three weeks originally, and that was six weeks ago. So it's kind of lingered, but he is making progress. Wilfried didn't want to put a specific timeline on it, but expects you know, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. And, and Kyle, you watched the game at home. Yes. It was, and so you had the Apple experience. Yes, I think the which I've only seen a half. Yeah. Uh, of, I've only heard a half of audio so far. I, I've seen yeah. I've seen both games in Toto, but I, I've only heard one half of commentary and play by play. I am a big fan of what you see on the TV. I think the the way it looks, it's cleaner, it looks sharper. At least on my TV, it does than last year. Um, you know, but I but I just. I think the commentary sucks. <laughs> just, well, explain I, what, what I, I mean, is that a I, blanket I, statement or is no, there I just, specific about again, we touched on this last week. I, I think when you have 14 or 15 groups of commentators that are be paired, that are paired together for the whole entire year, they're going to come in and kind of, you know, not always be there. And, you know, I think for the football model where, you know, you do the game of the week, you know, I, I think that works, but I think for soccer, 
I think there's just a lot of just little things that you pick up that I think that having a, a your own team of you know you know Neil Jordan Brent where they can just add a little bit more to it and just I don't know I just I, I literally the last twenty minutes I hit mute and just watched it with yeah. you know. I don't think you're incorrect, but something I think it'll be really interesting is Toronto Saturday will have the same commentary pair that did the Philadelphia game. So that's a really interesting test of the sort of regionalized model that Apple is using with having those commentators call several of the team's games over the course of a year. Because I do think you're right. There is some nuance that they lose and not being around and, you know, they're not at training. They're not in every day. So they definitely do lose some of that. It also is kind of... Because they're not there at all, right? They're not there. No, they're not there at all. They do a Zoom and they call it from a studio, right? No, no, they call the games in person. They're in person for the games. Are they there? They're, they're there. I can guarantee you they're yeah. there. I walked past Steve King and Lucy in the Philly press box. Yeah. They are there. Oh, I, I get that's all right. There you go. So they're when the, do they get in? They, they fly in for the game. I mean, I think they go in. It, I didn't see. They weren't there last Thursday before the home game. So they probably fly in on the Friday because historically the pre-match press conference has been Thursdays for road games, Friday for home games. But it was Thursday for the home game as well last week. Um, so none of the Apple broadcasts were there. I would guess they come in on the Friday or maybe even Saturday day of, but they have a broadcast meeting. Wilfried's probably doing his right now as we speak at one o'clock on Thursday afternoon, but it's on zoom. So it's kind of incumbent on the broadcasters to really dial in how they prepare in that way, which is something that I'm sure they'll develop over the course of the year, but I I will be interested to hear. And it'll be my first time watching a game on Apple live. I've watched the replay several times, but I'm interested to see. I mean, I just hope it gets, I mean, you'd hope that it gets better as the year goes on and you get more familiar, but to me, it's just meh. Yeah, I, I don't think I that's mean. unfair. And there's little things like yeah. with Will Sands. Will Sands is out, so this won't be a problem. But like the play-by-play guy in Philly kept calling him William. Yeah. And that's just not, no one calls him William. It's those little things that you yeah. don't pick up I on. I think his grandmother calls him. I mean, she might. I don't know. I haven't met her. Hopefully I will this summer, though. Uh, yes. That'd be great. Um, it, just one more item here on on, uh, on my agenda. Um, you guys can jump in um, with anything else you have, but I just, I was crestfallen, um, devastated, uh, just truly rattled when I saw uh, that uh, Austin FC, is it Austin FC, SC, or SC Austin FC? I think it's FC. FC, is it after or before? After. During, they should just put the letters right in the middle of Austin. Anyway. Austin SC. They they uh, they lost uh, a Champions League game um, three to nothing um, to a uh, a team from Haiti, um, which is a team from Haiti in a game they played in the Dominican Republic because the team in Haiti's stadium was not up to Concacaf standards with a monumental all- tree behind one goal. Did it have roots? Oh, it had big roots. It, it's also, I mean, Haiti. I, it's, it's it's in the throes of. Turmoil right now. I don't. Uh, but so good for Haiti. Yeah. Uh, you know, always, for Haiti. always they, sad to see Austin lose. They the were by far the better team. Scored two crazy headers and got one. Just I mean, awesome. gobsmacking awesome. own goal <laughs> <laughs> from Austin. Kyle, you could have scored on that I, own goal. I yeah. And I, I could have been the striker for for them. And it was <laughs> such a good, truly, not to say nice things about Austin on this podcast, but it was a great save from Brad Stuber. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. It was a great save yeah. from Brad, on the guy who was looking for yeah. his hat trick, the uh, same guy with the two headers that he had before, and then goes right to his own guy. He's trying to clear it out and just bends uh, it right under the bar. It's outstanding. And I was just, I mean, just mesmerized by the tree behind yeah. that end. And there was a big, tall Bench, ladder. Yeah, yeah. Do you notice the ladder? I see the ladder? There was a ladder. There was like a mobile yeah. building on that end of the field as well that had a ladder that was twice the size of the mobile building. Oh, boy. Oh, it was great. And the dog in, on yeah. the Philadelphia game yeah. in El Salvador. It was great stuff. It's, uh, 
it's it's a blow to the MLS, but good good for good yeah. for Violette. Yeah. Yep. The team from Haiti. Yeah. Did did they wear violet? I was like a like a blue, like a royal blue. Okay. Could have been violet in the right lighting though. It was hard to tell. It's it's amazing that the uh, MLS didn't just let them wear black and gold because they yeah. let everyone else wear it. You know, <laughs> it's like I looked up. There was another set of gold uniforms out there. Who's wearing? LA's wearing them. Yeah. Oh, like, LA's wearing LA's wearing something. And I think there's yet another. The, the Red one. Bulls I mean, the are whole, like the Red Bulls have something that's pretty yellow this year. I think it's like they're like city inspired, but it's got like a yellow base to it. Yeah. I don't know. Should we talk about Toronto for Saturday? I guess I guess we yeah. should. Yeah, we can talk about Toronto. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne sounds like he's going to be back for them. Uh, he Love that guy. left their first game with a calf injury of some kind. Um, so he'll, you know, he and Fernando, Federico Bernardeschi will tear it up, I'm sure. Um, they do have two other guys out with hamstring injuries whose names I should have written down but didn't. A lot of soft tissue injuries in Toronto, which is tough for a team that is really leaning heavily on a very, okay, very old is unfair, but an <laughs> an, an old starting lineup. Uh, one of the, I would say their starting 11 is competitive with the top teams in the league when they're all healthy, but if they're going to have this many soft tissue injuries, they're going to have a tough year. Um, it's their first home game. They are, they've lost once and they drew Atlanta this past week. They lost to DC who the crew beat and not that the transitive property applies in MLS, but if you want to think about that, you sure can. The transitive property. I think that's the Patrick. <laughs> is that the first mention of the transitive property on this program? It could be. I, I, I'm, I'm a groundbreaker. You are. You're a trailblazer. I'm a trailblazer. She's a pioneer. I'm a pioneer. Um, yeah, Toronto, interesting team. It's going to be very cold in Toronto, which they've been talking about, not in a sense that you know the crew will have to deal with anything Toronto doesn't, but does have a little bit of an impact if it's really very cold, which it seems like it might be. It might be some snow. Um, I know that Toronto actually um, hasn't been able to train in their stadium, which they were hoping to. <laughs> God, that's too fine. That's a double fine. <laughs> I don't think there's fines for accidentally hitting your microphone. Patrick, are there fines for that? The Trailblazer is instituting fines for hitting the microphone. <laughs> I don't think I don't think she has she has the seniority to levy fines. That's probably fair. Um, but Toronto. Anyway, anyway, tissue. anyway, Toronto hasn't yeah. been able to train um, in their stadium because there's been so much snow. So it's going to be a new experience for everyone involved when they hit the field Saturday night there. Um, Nancy's approach to game prep is very much that they focus on what they want to do. They make some tweaks based on the opponent. Um, but really it's everything he says is like, we're worried about what we want to do. They really want to take their style of play to everyone that they play, regardless of the situation. Um, going to be an interesting game. The winter wind is a gypsy queen. I think, or is it the, is it the autumn wind? Yeah, I, it's old NFL films. I, I think we'll end there. Uh, before I hit the microphone yeah. again and Bailey finds me. Uh, <laughs> you got anything else, guys? I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good. Oh, actually, let no. me just throw this out there. Um, I did finally. It's unbelievable. I've got a lot of things to say. I do my job. Oh, not, not against you guys. What's just the a, transitive property there, Kyle? <laughs> I mean, you guys have lots going on. My whole job is to think about this stuff. So I, I, I got lots of thoughts. That transits to yeah. us as, as being lazy carpenters. No, person. you guys are both very busy. That my whole job is to think about soccer. So I have one more thing to say. Okay, um, okay. I have finally confirmed the cruise international roster slot situation because oh, yeah. people have been. There's been some confusion Excellent. around this. Excellent news is always good. Yeah. It's not. I wouldn't say it's news news, but it's kind of news. Um, Aloy did get his green card, as we knew. Um, Luis Diaz also got a green card at some point in the relatively recent past. I don't know exactly when. I know he applied in early 2020 and then probably got caught up with all the COVID-related delays. So now he no longer counts as an international either, which means they have eight international slots used and one available. Oh, one. Because they traded for one from Kansas City That's in right. preseason. Great. Yeah. And so what are they going to do, Bailey? I don't know. Don't ask me. 
She'll figure it out. Oh, that's the next step. I had to figure out how many they had first. Next uh, step is what they'll do with it. Probably a center back if I had to guess. Yeah, they'll probably. Well, they'll, oh. just to restate um, the the assume the, not even the assumption. The stated goal was to have a look at the team and um, and they're concurrently they've been scouting center backs. From yes, they have an. Third, oh, third. We haven't talked about this since it happened last Friday. Um, they did bring in a new center back on loan from Colorado, um, Gustavo Vallecia. I, I think he's depth for them. He's an intriguing player. He came to Cincinnati in 2021 um, as a U22 initiative signing. Started, I think, most of the games for them that, that year when Cincinnati's defense was almost historically bad. So that's not a great sign for the center back. And then they traded him to Colorado. They don't have much history, though. Can it, I guess <laughs> historically in the context of the league, I suppose. Oh, okay. um, then they traded him to Colorado where he started seven games, appeared in 12 last year. So it was kind of a depth-ish piece for them. Um, the crew are interested in kind of the profile he brings, which is what they say about all their players, and then they decline yep. to, you know, elaborate on what that means. Um, Nancy said he likes how he plays with the ball, which is something that is a mandate for him with his center backs. Going to take them a little bit of time to integrate him. Nancy said on Tuesday um, that when he gets in a new player, he likes to sort of see what they do for a few days to a week and then start really impl- like figuring out what needs to adjust to fit their system. Um, so I wouldn't expect to see him on the field for a few weeks. And this is not the signing that they planned to make after trading Jonathan Mensa. I see this and I, this is just my own thoughts. This is more of a stopgap measure to say, Hey, we really need another center back on our roster right now, but they are still looking for, you know, they were looking at a player in Turkey and that kind of fell through in the wake of the earthquake there. So they're looking for a more high profile signing. Well, Nancy has that, he's got that jazz man's kind of uh, a demeanor about, uh, about uh, we're going to look at this, we're going to riff on it, and uh, you yeah. just like Charles Mingus, you know. We'll see. Where, we'll see where this goes. See where this goes. So he's talking about ideas and the plan and the yeah. project and the program. All right. Well, we all sorts of thoughts. We've beaten this melody to death. So let's let's get out of here. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again, uh, hopefully next week, for Kyle Robertson and Billy Johnson, our wonderful crew beat writer, and for Patrick Flaherty. I think he's calmed down a little. It was the, all that talk about the transitive property that yes. calmed him down. And for myself, a, a very lazy person. That's not what I meant. Don't make that a narrative. Thanks, thanks for joining us. And Patrick, kick us out of here.